Enough talk. Let's get started. Seattle Sports Show from the World of Sports Network.com. World of Sports Network connecting the world through the sports we love. It's all your Seattle sports all in one place. My name is Lester and I'm going to be your host on this, but we got a whole team of people working behind the scenes. Uh, and and here's, what, here's how it's going to go. You can count on us to be homers. We're here to cover the teams, we're here to analyze the decisions, and we're here to second guess everybody. But make no mistake, we're rooting for Seattle every time. Unless they're playing the Phillies, of course. All right, so that's it. All your Seattle sports all in one spot. If it happens in Seattle sports, it comes out on the wash. So we got a big show this week. It is March, and the madness has already be- already begun. So we're going to talk about the Bulldogs. We got the Lady Bulldogs. We got the Huskies. We got the Lady Huskies. We got the Eagles. We even got the Red Hawks. Plus, we're going to talk about the Sounders. We're going to talk about the Sea Wolves. You know we're going to bring Guru in to talk about the uh, the Seahawks and, uh, and all the free agency that's going on there, all the free agent signings and non-signings that are going on uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. But I want to start off today uh, with the starters, because the king is dead, long live the king. Uh, this, uh, this past week, over this past month, it was announced that, uh, Scott Service announced that Marco Gonzalez is getting the ball in the season opener this year for the Seattle Mariners. It is the first time in 10 years that King Felix will not be handed the baseball on opening day. It is the end of an era on this one. And uh, it's the right move. It's hard to say that right now because of everything King Felix has brought to this organization. Not just just the the perfect game, not not just the wins, but for the past couple of years, there's really not been a lot in this organization except Felix. And you could count on him as an ace to go out there every fifth day at Safeco with the King's Court. Uh, it, was, it was a great time, uh, and you knew you always had a shot when Felix pitched. No matter how bad the rest of the team was, we always had a shot. But in the past few years, let's be honest, the King has slipped a little. Last year, he probably shouldn't have even have been the opening day starter. Should have been uh, should have been the big maple last year. But King Felix got the ball in the uh, in the opener in the opener last year as well to run the streak to ten. But last season, the King was not the King. In fact, the King's not even getting the ball on the second day. He's going to fall further down in the rotation uh, than even that because uh, Kikuchi was named as the starter on the second day, which you got to do because you're playing in Japan for the first two days. You got to let him throw the ball. Uh, over there and start off that. That's it. how would you not, right? So, uh, so Marco Gonzalez. I looked at the stats. Of course, Gonzalez last year thirteen and nine uh, with a with a four point oh ERA and twenty nine starts. Felix eight and fourteen with a five point five uh, ERA in uh, in twenty nine starts as well. Maybe twenty eight starts. Uh, the problem is that this is about to be a farewell tour. For the king, it's it. We're about to see uh, essentially the final season uh, of King Felix here in Seattle, and it's hard to say that because of everything he's done for the organization. Whether he'll play again next year, it's hard to tell. I'm sure he's going to want to try. He uh, was unhappy about the decision uh, by his uh, by his manager not to give him the ball on opening day. Understandable, uh, but again, the right decision because this is a team that's trying to build for the future. And when you've got a budding ace like Marco Gonzalez, you've got to give him the ball and make sure he gets in there. 
You know, we ran a, a Twitter poll on this, actually. Uh, our man Marku runs the uh, Seattle Sports uh, Twitter, at Seattle S Sports. That's Seattle Sports on Twitter. And we ran a poll on this, and uh, we asked who should uh, who should get the ball on opening day, whether it should be Marco, whether it should be Kikuchi, whether it should be Felix or one of the other guys. And 62% of our, uh, of our Twitter votes came in for Marco. So we all, we all know, even as tough as it is. But I'll say this, though. This season is probably not going to matter that much. This is a season where we get to watch the team develop and we get to watch the team build. If there's a way to give the King the ball for the home opener, maybe, uh, uh, against the uh, the Red Sox on March 29th, I think that would at least be a nice gesture. Give him the ball uh, on that one. You're not winning that game anyway against the uh, the champs, so you might as, well let, uh, might as well let the King have it. It's a moment. We need to honor him for the season. Uh, so... That will be. The Japanese start uh, season. They actually head out this week uh, to go over to Tokyo to play. They have uh, two games against the A's on March 21st and 22nd. Then they take a, <coughs> excuse me, they take a quick break uh, as they come back and try and readjust to our time zone before getting uh, rolling against the, the Red Sox on the 29th. Rough end of the spring here. Felix not looking good out there. Speaking of rough end of the spring, uh, coming in about 2-7, and 2-8 and eight in, the, in the last week or so. One other note uh, from down there in Arizona in the Cactus League is uh, the injury to Kyle Seager. Third baseman Kyle Seager trying to bounce back after a, a down year and an injury year last year. Uh, tore a tendon in his middle finger uh, diving for a ball in, uh, in, a, in a game against the Cubs, in a loss against the Cubs. I love the effort. I love him going for it, but it's going to knock him out probably uh, through April. Tough to see. Got to get him back in the lineup. Going to be uh, going to be one of those guys that helps his team win a few games this year. But in the meantime, it looks like uh, Ryan Healy's probably going to start. Uh, and again, this is a team that we talked about before is processing. You know me; I'm a Philly sports fan. Uh, I, I know my I know my tanking. I know my processing. We talked about one of the keys to processing is watching the young guys develop and seeing what you got. Ryan Healy is one of those young guys. So let's see what we got. Get him out there for a month and uh, and start it off. All right, now let's turn to our big story of the night is obviously March Madness. And uh, we got some of the madness on our own here happening on our side of the country uh, and, and making some big waves as the number one team in the country, the Gonzaga Bulldogs, fell in the, uh, the WCC tournament, the West Coast Conference Final, to the St. Mary's Gales. They'd won seven in a row, but the Gales uh, came in and played them strong. It was a good game plan on the part of this. And if you saw this game... The Bulldogs didn't really look like the Bulldogs. They, they got out to a, a decent start, but they off uh, in this game in the offense. Uh, and they were, uh, they were 2 of 17 from three-point range uh, in this game. And uh, it not, not a good look. They also got out-rebounded, which was the real, to me, one of the, the, major, one of the major reasons they lost this is because they, they got out-rebounded by the Gales 34-27. They also threw the ball away 12 times and, and led in that stat, which is uh, not one you want to be in. Uh, so not a, not a particularly good game. They, uh, they held uh, Hachimura in check. The, the Gales held Hachimura in check uh, in that game as well. So this was, uh, this was the nation's longest win streak that fell at 21 games. Not only that, but... Uh, uh, Gonzaga had uh, had won seven WCC titles in a row, uh, and it, it breaks that streak as well. They were a season low in points and a 37% shooting in this game. Uh, just, just not a, a good look. They didn't they didn't play bulldog basketball. They didn't even get the assist. They had six assists after having 26 uh, in the semifinals against Pepperdine. So it's not a good game. 
Uh, even uh, Coach Few said that it was the, their worst offensive uh, game of the year. That said, this is a team that should probably still be a number one seed in the, uh, in the big dance as it comes up this week, uh, next week. This is an, uh, a team that you know, beat Duke through the season and has held the number one seed, have hovered around the top four. Again, they had the nation's longest winning streak at 21 games. They should still be up there for a number one seed. But their loss is actually bad for the bubble teams. And it's bad for a team like the Huskies and other Pac-12 teams because their loss means that St. Mary's gets the automatic bid and that Gonzaga has to pick up one of the, uh, one of the open uh, bids on this one. That's going to probably take it away from a Pac-12 team, which means that if the Huskies want to make this uh, tournament, if they want to make the tournament, they're probably going to have to win the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 has not been good this year. So it's probably going to come down to the, the Huskies having to uh, to win the Pac-12 tournament in order to make it in. Before we get to the Huskies, though, because I want to talk about them, uh, I want to talk go back and just mention just briefly the, the Gonzaga women's team. Uh, they uh, they had a thriller in the semifinals of their uh, WCC tournament to beat St. Mary's on a buzzer, uh, a layup at the buzzer in a double overtime from uh, Zakira Rice. Uh, but it was a costly game as it uh, it cost them two of their star guards, uh, senior Laura Stockton and freshman Jill Townsend, both came out with knee injuries uh, through the game. That is a, that is a tough loss. They head into a, they headed up to BYU and uh, lost to BYU in the finals for the third time this year, eighty two sixty eight. So it's a Tough, tough loss for the Bulldogs. They still might find their way into the uh, into the national uh, tournament, but they're not going to be the team we'd hope they could be going in because of because of those injuries. Uh, before we get off uh, Bulldogs, let's talk just briefly about the WCC season awards. Of course, uh, Rui Hachimura is the uh, the player of the year, but Brandon Clark actually picks up the defensive player of the year as well, and he also got the newcomer award. So a good season for them. And of course, uh, Mark Few uh, gets the coach of the year because when you're coaching the number one team in the country, you win your conference coach of the year. That's just how it happens. All right, turning back to this side of the mountains, though, let's talk a little bit about the uh, about the Pac-12 tournament and uh, and uh, the UW team. To do this, I'm going to bring in my man Marku, uh, who is actually not with us here uh, today, but we've got him uh, online there. Uh, you just heard him uh, uh, clap in the background, uh, excited young man that he is, uh, to get on the uh, on the show for us. So, Marku, welcome in. It is good to, good to see you again, man. What's up, Lester? How you doing, man? I am doing well. So we brought you in here to talk about the Huskies because they had a, 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 a the the women uh, had a, a bit of a Cinderella run, making to the semifinal. But the men find themselves uh, not looking the way we had hoped coming into this Pac-12 tournament. Yeah, that's right. So the Pac-12 tournament's been pretty crazy so far. The women's team having a terrible season so far, only won 11 games all year, made it to the semifinals against Oregon, and it, it was an incredible couple games leading up to it they had a buzzer beater um in the way over and it was just a fun fun little experience for the lady huskies they had a tough season like i said um but yeah so so they what they did in the first game against utah they beat them by 10 that surprises everyone next game was against number 11 okay state okay they're they're number 11 in the country yeah and they so they beat them on a buzzer beater uh well not a buzzer beater so missy peterson sophomore she hits a three-pointer uh when the game was tied at 65 hits a three-pointer awesome Everyone goes crazy, but uh, Hannah Johnson gets a little too excited off the bench, runs onto the court, slides on, celebrates a little too early, 
uh, really funny, but at least a technical foul, uh, which gives uh, which gives you know which gives uh, OK State the opportunity to shoot two free throws and get the ball back. So they make two free throws, they get a shot at the very end, but they airball it. So that that was intense. That's classic March Madness at its finest. Right, that is was, that is the madness we come for. Is that you're you think you've won the game, and then there's a a foul for celebrating too early for uh, for coming oh, off man, the bench. Terribly, yeah. that she, been, she was funny about it though. It was funny because she tweeted that night uh, saying, "I don't even care. We won the game." That's exactly it. That's it the worst. Right. That would be the worst way to lose a game. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, but to win a game like that is is okay. Everything forgiven. Let's move on yeah. to the men though, because uh, the the Huskies coming in, they were having a hell of a season and and running in the Pac-12, and then slide a little bit at the end on their way into the uh into the tournament. Now they uh they had a rough go in this uh in this first game of the tournament. Now they they pulled it out, but this is not the Husky team we really thought were coming in. Right. Well, it was tough defensively for them. So they they didn't lock down, you know, the defenders like they usually do. They they usually average way less points per game. Uh but they have they're taking the the best out of every team in the Pac-12 now. You know, they're the, they're the number one team in the conference, so everyone's giving them their best their best fight. Um, it's also win or go home. So, you know, the USC wasn't trying to go home. They still have some, some quality scores that kept them in it. But, and, yeah. It, and it, as we it, saw in the Lady Huskies, anything can happen. Exactly. Anything can happen in the Pac-12 uh, tournament, especially, you know, with a down year, anything can happen. So this is <laughs> but, what happened in this game is it looks like uh, a USC got hot and just started started matching bucket for bucket with uh, with the Huskies on this. Is that a... Yeah, exactly. And Thibel really didn't get off to, to scoring until the very end of the game. He got a huge steal and dunk at the end, which got which pretty much sealed it, but they, they were still in it until the very last second uh, turnover at the very end of the game, uh, pretty much sealed it for the Huskies, but, but they, had yeah, they had a shot at it. it they didn't throw that ball away. That's a, that's exactly, a, we, we right. might be having a different conversation. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's been tough though. So, you know, they lost their last game of the season uh, against Oregon at home on senior night. And that was the only home loss of the season. So tough for them for the, to go through that. And, and they stumbled on their last road trip against Cal uh, the first game of that road trip, they lost against Cal, and that was tough because Cal's the worst team in the Pac-12. Yeah, not a good a team. In a bad, they're, yeah. they're a bad team in a bad conference this year. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so then uh, in this game, uh, Jalen Noel had 24 points, David Crisp had 18, uh, and uh, and they held off the late charge. Now they play uh, they play Colorado, obviously is going to be uh, after after we're recording this and, and maybe right. even before people hear it, so we're not going to know the outcome of this, uh, but – uh, this is a. Uh, this could be bad. We mentioned it. Uh, I mentioned it before here when we were talking about the uh, about Gonzaga. This is a UW's a bubble team. Do you see them being able to to pull this out if, and make it the dance if they don't win? Wait, uh, win the Pac-12. That's that's the problem with a stumble at the end of the season. So that bad loss to Cal really puts them in a tough place because if they lose tomorrow against Colorado, I don't know. That's that's a tough case to make because Pac-12 has been really bad. Um, they had a pretty good non-conference schedule, but it's not something that's going to, you know, impress a lot of the East Coast bias committee out there. So it's it's just something to keep in mind. Not especially but, not when the ACC and the SEC is having the years they are. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's interesting to, to see that. Uh, but they, like I said, the UW has that senior leadership. They got Thibel, who won Defense Player of the Year. They got Crisp, that's a just a stud out there. You know, he he just resembles dog pound, you know, tougher together. You know, he, he is that senior leadership you want. And you got Jalen O who can fill it up and Coach Thompson who won Coach of the Year. So it's yeah, so a, like they, they, Gonzaga, they, they yeah. ran a – they didn't run, but they got a, they did pretty well at the uh, conference awards this year. And, again, a down yeah. year for the Pac-12. So if you're on UW, you're looking pretty good. They should they're, deserve a little bit more respect from the committee. But, honestly, because of those bad losses and how down Pac-12 is, 
you know, it, it, they might not make it if they if they lose to Colorado. If they make it to the finals of the Pac-12, I'd be surprised if they didn't make it. But if they, they have lose. that loss tomorrow, then then I, then it, it puts things in jeopardy for sure. All right. So you, uh, what do you want to do next year? You want to you want to keep talking a little bit of March Madness and finish out the college wrap before we get into the uh, the Sounders and the SeaWolves? Oh yeah, yeah. Tons to talk about regarding uh, well, Washington State out of the tournament already. They're, they yeah, had yeah. a terrible season. Obviously, Ernie uh, Franks. This is the big news. Yeah, Ernie Franks fired uh, this afternoon. He got fired after five seasons at at the Washington State. Sixty four years old. He failed to finish over five hundred any of his seasons here. Um, just a tough go. I think really disappointing ready, ready run for the Cougs. Yeah, everyone was ready to make a change. I think uh, just you know it's been a tough tough year. It's been horrible fan wise. I mean, no one's showing up to the games anymore. When they had Clay Thompson a few years ago, or not a few years, you know, almost a decade now. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> but, but yeah, exactly. Well, so they had a like Robo Franks. Programs. He he was a he was the scoring leader in the Pac-12 this year. So they had they had guys worth watching. But uh, he's probably not going to be there uh, next year. You know, you know, those numbers are inflated. He's a senior, so he's definitely not going to be there. And he's looking to get drafted. He probably will be a second round draft pick so that's something to also keep an eye out on but uh yeah it's just just they need, they need to make a change um they really weren't getting many good recruits the only good recruit they had was cj lb out of seattle um he, he's scoring and he fills it up over there but it's just it's the numbers are inflated when you're on a bad team you know you're scoring a lot of buckets it just doesn't really count for a lot all right let's uh let's shift gears here i want to talk a little bit about the uh about the big sky tournament with the uh eastern washington uh, women's basketball playing in the finals as the number six seed uh coming in there that's a that's a pretty impressive run there for the for the Lady Eagles. Lady Eagles, man. I don't know if you saw the uh, Sports Center top ten, but they they were number nine the other night because they made the finals. I, I did see this. They made the finals off a uh, hokey doke, throw it off the back of the defender, grab the ball back, and put it up for a layup, and they got the end one. So they they got that's how they ended up winning the game at the buzzer, less than three seconds left. So that was really cool. Um, you really never, I've never program. seen that. I've never seen that men's or women's at the end of a game like that. That was uh, that was a, a tremendous play. If you haven't seen it, you got to go look for it. Uh, Jessica Definitely. McDowell White throws the ball. Uh, she's uh, standing at the baseline. The the defender has has her back uh, uh, to McDowell White and it is is defending out. Uh, she bounces the ball off the girl's butt, grabs it and tosses it up for the layup. And as she does, she's fouled because as soon as it yeah. hits the girl in the butt, she turns around and just starts swinging. And uh, which is probably you know good advice if uh, if somebody touches your butt and you don't know turn around and start swinging uh, and uh, <laughs> she uh, fouls her in there so they get the, the three point play to go on and win the game and uh, fantastic fantastic win uh, for for the Eagles putting them in the final. You just wonder if they drew it up because you know the bench <laughs> reaction they, they did not look as shocked as I thought I I was going nuts watching that game I was like what what was going on what did I just see but you know it was it was it was fun. Uh, you know, they, they you know they they got a championship game. They can make the tournament. Um, they could be you know the the second program out of Washington State to 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 get into the national tournament. So that'd be a great mark for them. Uh, first uh, first Big Sky final in 31 years. Uh, yeah, for so the good Eastern, luck to them. Eastern Washington Eagles. Good luck. Exactly. Now the uh, the men start the attorney play as uh, as number three against Montana State. They picked up a win here too. Do we expect them to do any damage in uh, in their in the Big Sky tournament? Dude, you know, you know me. I'm all, I'm all in for the Eagles this year. They all made year, the you've been on this. Guy. Yeah, they made, they made the Biscay tournament final last year. Uh, they lost to Monte to who they lose to. I forgot who they lost to, but they lost last year in the final and they got crushed. So they're trying to get back there. They got a good senior leadership. They had a good, uh, you know, they had a good conference play. You know, started the season terribly, but played really well within their, uh, within their. Yeah, really starting to heat up when uh, when it's shifted yeah. to uh, shifted to play just in a big sky. Definitely, with their level of competition, they, they're doing well. Got to appreciate what their their team's doing, and they're the number three seed, so got to give them credit. 
And uh, and one more here. We just got to do a, a a quick check in then with uh, with with the whack and Seattle. You disappointing season uh, ends finally in, over. ends in disappointing ways. Yeah, finally over the disappointing season uh, for yeah. uh, for Seattle. You uh, not much else to say there. Uh, looking to have a a bounce back year next year. Yeah, women's team lost pretty much every game. They won basically two games all season, and then the men's team uh, started the season twelve and three. And then started the conference, got had, had got riddled by injuries, went ten six and ten, yeah, lost in the first game. Of, fell apart. Uh, whack, yeah, so so they're out, and you know hopefully you can regroup for next year, and, and see them there. All right. So Marku, I know you're excited about March Madness. I am too. It's a it's a different beast on uh, awesome. on, on the East Coast than it is out here on the West. But uh, but uh, we're gonna, we're still we're still going to be all in on it. Following uh, following Gonzaga, hopefully to a championship. It's a, it feels like their year. You know what I mean. Uh, and let's uh, let's trust, let's hope that and let's hope the loss here. I want uh, for the dogs, man. I want the dogs to make a deep run. I want them to shock some people. They got that senior leadership. I'm telling you, David Crisp is going to become a household name just because of the tournament. If if he if he makes it deep to to this, like the Sweet Sixteen or something like that, people are gonna he's going to get on the draft board. I don't know if they'll make the sixteen. I see them if they get into the round of thirty two. That's going to be a, a good run for them. A sixteen would be. Boy, that'd be a dream shot for the uh, for the Huskies this year. That'd be that'd be a dream. But man, they got like I said, they got they got a squad. So so Thibel is projected to be a first round pick now. Everyone's saying he's a late first first round pick. Joe Noel, if he if he declares for the draft, he's uh, projected to go early second round. So these you know they got they got a squad. They have some good good talented players. And like I said, keep an eye on David Chris. Yeah, keep your eye on David Chris. Don't count out the uh, the Huskies in the tournament, assuming they make it. Uh, I gotta tell yeah. you, they, I, you know, we said it before. I, I still think they should at least be a uh, at least be a, a play-in team. You know what I mean? Give them the the sixty-seven spot. Let them earn agree, their spot in the sixty-four. I, I agree, but you know, when they, when they, they 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 crept into the top twenty-five finally, and then they they, they had a then they lost, loss. slid right he out. Yeah, it was just like man, they can they handle the pressure? So that's that's the problem. All right, let's switch gears here because we got a, a couple of more pro teams to talk about uh, before uh, before I bring in uh, the guru to, to talk Seahawks a little bit. Uh, you were at the Sounders home opener this year. They uh, oh, yeah. uh, when last we talked, they were uh, getting ready to open against FC Cincinnati. You were at the game. Uh, Sounders win handily in uh, in the in the opener and win handily in their second game. Talk to me a little bit about how this season is uh, is starting out. Good, good start to the season for the Sounders. Four-one um, win against Cincy in the first game. They it was Cincy's first game, and it, it looked like it. <laughs> they they did not play well. Uh, they was, we scored three goals in the first half. Jordan Morris came back, hit two goals. Great return for him coming back off of injury. Um, and then the next game, they they won two nothing. A quick start. Uh, they played with Colorado Rapid at home again. So two straight home games to start the season. Two straight wins. Uh, good wins too. They you know they really. They really dominated the games. Need to get uh, those wins there. early against teams you should beat. You know, you got to put exactly. them away, stack those stack those W's. Yeah, and, and uh, Raul Rudy is just continuous tear. He's on a seven-game scoring streak. He scored one goal in the second half of the first game, then he scored early in the second uh, second game. So Yeah, he's, he's got, it, I think there. it's ten goals in the seven games, too. It's not just like a yeah. goal a game. He's uh, nope. he's, he's averaging more than one a game here during uh, during this streak. So he stays hot. They uh, they head to Chicago for the next game uh, to play the Chicago Fire. Not off to a great start on their season, so should be able to keep this rolling and uh, and move yeah. it to 3-0 and on the year. Hopefully, yeah, that'd be great. And uh, one more before we let you go here is uh, I want to I want to ask you about the Seawolves. Uh, of course, we are all in on the uh, MLR champion 2018 Seawolves yes. playing down there in uh, in Tukwila. They picked up another win, right? Yeah, Seawolves got their third straight win. Um, they won this past week at home against Houston. Uh, another score, sellout. Low scoring, yeah, low scoring first half, eight to three. Then they pulled away in the second half, 
they won the game. Uh, what was the score? 27-14. 27-14. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good game for them. I wasn't there. It was the only home game I couldn't make this year, but hoping to make the next one. So they won it anyway, Marku. Uh, so uh, we'll get you back. For, at home, man. We'll get you back for the next one. Yeah, that's that crowd. Uh, that is a, a great place to be. Watch for exactly. uh, Marku on the uh, on, on the uh, on the Twitters at SeattleSports.com. That's SeattleSports.com. You uh, you find him there, and uh, he is uh, at these games. He's he's gone to the Sounders games. He's going to the uh, the SeaWolves games. He's live tweeting during them. Make sure you uh, make sure you head over there on the Twitter and follow him for all the stuff. Marku, thank you. Uh, we will see you again, my man. All right, thanks a lot, man. Have a good one. All right, switching gears here out of the uh, the college game and the pros, uh, back to the pros. Of course, the big dogs in Seattle are the Seattle Seahawks, and it is free agent season, which means it's check season in the NFL. To talk check season, I'm going to bring in my man, the guru from Trash Talk Radio. Guru, Welcome back to the wash, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, it's a good little situation. Good neighborhood here, man. You like this coming I in? You look good. You are. You're a little overdressed for. Man, uh, get out of here, for, man. For, for our show here, you know, or casual. Like wash. I see Marku. He's everywhere in the state, man. I'm telling you. He gets around. I look, man, it's that finally Walter. Where's Marku? Where's Marku? He's out of SeaWorld. He's usually at Starfire. He's out Sounders. Yeah, man. everywhere. Thank goodness that Twitter. Thank goodness for that Twitter account, man. Seattle S Sports, man. Please don't forget the S. Don't forget that middle S. The, <laughs> the middle S is for superfluous. Uh, so, uh, so Guru, we're uh, we're bringing you in here to talk some Seahawks with us. Uh, you are, of course, our, our Seahawks expert. You can find Guru, by the way, on tr- every week on Trash Talk Radio on the World of Sports mm. Head on over to the World of Sports Network's YouTube page and subscribe now. What are you doing? Just head over there right now and subscribe to the page. Uh, you want to head over? You want to search for Trash Talk Radio anywhere you can find podcasts. Subscribe to that. Subscribe to the Wash everywhere. Leave us comments make sure you uh make sure you get the show in uh guru you can also follow him on instagram at guru's film room guru's film room on instagram it's just his thoughts uh so it's check season my man it's your favorite time of year big check baby that check season man you know what it's, it's like let me put it like, let me take that back it's that direct deposit season. <laughs> it's all about that guarantee money man that has and been it this year man late. You know, you want that direct deposit at twelve oh one. I have that money, baby. <laughs> so, Guru, it's a, a, a kind of a quiet start here to uh, the, to free agency for the Seahawks. Uh, but the big news is that they have decided to to franchise uh, Frank Clark, who is the, the 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 most important. We discussed this before. The most important. Uh, focal point for the Seahawks in, in this offseason mm-hmm. to re-sign. Mm-hmm. They said they're going to franchise him. Frank said no, man. So what does this mean now? You know, I kind of it's kind of weird. It's it's been through the Pete Carroll era and the Pete Carroll uh, and and Schneider organization through, through their reign. It seemed like every time they star player comes to that contract situation, it's always the same systematic. It's a franchise. It starts with the franchise tag. Which Seahawks defender, not no Russell Wilson. Right. Russ, Russ gets the deal. Hasn't been franchised at least for at least for a couple of weeks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when they get up there. Now, do you see this deal getting done though? Is uh, uh Clark uh, is he actually going to hold out? Put it like this. Obviously, uh, a lot of the Seahawks thing, a lot of the, um, the fan base is the roughing about the Le'Veon Bell. 
You know, everybody's thinking, is this going to be the norm? Is this what every athlete is going to take? Is this a measure? So there's a little bit of concern uh, because we, are, we actually saw somebody that did that. You know, it's a, it's a, that was a precedent he set. Um, I don't think that is the norm. I think that's an anomaly. I think he's a Le'Veon Bell. Um, he could get away with that. Uh, I doubt that because um, there was a little bit of difference. Le'Veon was getting paid a little bit. Let me just tell you this. Frank, right now, and he's scheduled to get paid 900 He made $950,000 last year. $950,000. That that, that's a lot. But Mr. Quarterback, but money enough, back, yeah, money yeah. back. And then franchise tag, he will be able to get 17.1 mil. So that's a hell of, and we say in the PNW, that's a hell of raise right there, man. But what's he holding out for then? Does he just want more than one year? Because the uh, franchise tag is a, a single year you put exactly. it on there. Is he looking for the guaranteed money in the longer contract Absolutely. then? He's looking for that direct deposit money. Right, right. That's what we call it, the direct deposit money. Yeah, he guaranteed. Wants to, he wants to make sure as soon as the last K on Frank Clark is signed, there's a ding, ding, you know, there's a notification on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he wants. Wants to see it immediately. So, yeah, just like, it's just, it's a normal thing, I think, because you have till July Basically, we have to July to decide. Um, this is what I call when you're a star player, you always got to check where you're at in, as far as the organization. You yeah. don't feel it's, you're going to feel the waters. There's no way the Seahawks know Frank Clark is the most important personnel on the team at this at this time of stage. No name, Russell Wilson. Right, sign you know, him. Exactly, Just sign him. Do I need franchising him? Give him the money for a couple and years. Screw it. You're going to want him next year too. Sign him. You can't avoid that. He's a lead pass rusher, and that position is the second highest paid position in the entire football league yeah. in your roster. So regardless of fact, he will get paid which whenever that would be. And I think he's looking more closer to getting paid the 20 mil a year range. And right now the franchise stock is 17. So I look for the long-term range. I see him getting uh, that four-year, 85 to 80, 80 to 85 to 90 million, basically like a 55 million dollar guaranteed. That's what I pre- um, really see him and get between 17 to 20 million. So I see about 18.5 annually, and I think Frank Clark would be uh, very happy with that type of contract. I would be happy with that type of contract. Uh, you sign me that. All right, so let's talk about guys who are uh, not happy. Then uh, was uh, one of the the big not happy last year was of course. Earl Thomas, ET, and uh, and uh, last seen of uh, flipping off the sidelines as uh, as he was taken off the field on a cart because he was injured, which was exactly what he warned uh, that he was trying to avoid the injury to get the check. Uh, Earl Thomas uh, news this week has signed with the uh, with the Ravens, the Baltimore mm-hmm. Ravens, mm-hmm. Uh, four years, fifty five million, thirty two guaranteed. The highest paid safety and the highest paid safety. Uh, heating up a market that was mm-hmm. down last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does this uh, affect the, the Seahawks going into next season? And uh, what's his legacy with this team, Guru? Oh man, it's kind of just like the whole defense. This the whole Legion of Boom. You know, it's it's like the the whole the whole come up. You know, it's gonna be kind of an interesting legacy. It, I think it's gonna be one of them legacy that is what it could have been. 
You know, it's like it's it's a question. I, I worry it's, that you're right incomplete. about that. Yeah, it's a legacy that started like the way we want it. You know, you have a young, hungry squad with a coach that's revamping himself with it, uh, with Schneider, with the whole organization, and then they reached a point or where they climax, where they did the best. Then it became how to sustain success. Yep. And they get back they the second year. Sustain the success, like say the the Patriots, who we call the modern day dynasty had. I think the Seahawks had that potential, and that's why it's always going to be what it could have. What been. if? Yeah, the Legion of Boom is uh, is the what, one of the great what could have. What could have? Uh, with Earl Thomas leaving, and it really feels like sort of an, an end of uh, of that era. Mm-hmm. You know, as 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 he takes his place over there. Uh, uh, where do they go from from here? Uh, they could go numerous numerous options. Um, what personally, in my opinion, uh, what I think, I think would be a, one of a good situation. The Kansas City Chiefs just released Eric Berry. Mm-hmm. I think that's the type of a moves the Seahawks organization make. They don't make like a splashy type of move. I think Eric Berry with the young secondary we have over here, um, as far as Griffin and Flowers, those guys that's going into the second year for Flowers and third year for Griffin, uh, all pro, a locker room staple, a glue like Eric Berry will be a significant upgrade to that safety and make it easier to miss an Earl Thomas because in their prime, when you talk about the two high-level safeties in the NFL, it was Eric Berry and Earl Thomas. So I think that would be a great uh, situation that could happen. And both coming from injuries as far as their last couple of seasons. So I think if somehow Schneider and company could get a Eric Berry over here in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm pulling for EB, I think that would be a great, great victory uh, for the Seahawks and a great piece that they need. Well, uh, the other guys that have left here, uh, that uh, we've had a couple of other guys uh, leaving here on free agency. Mm-hmm. We saw J.R. Sweezy uh, sign with, uh, with divisional rival Arizona. We saw Mike Davis, running back Mike Davis, mm-hmm. uh, find his way to the Bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like the team is banking on Chris Carson and, uh, and Rashad Penny going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel about, about these moves, letting these guys go? Yeah, I, I, it's, you know, it's part of the free agency. When you're a good organization, it's kind of expected. Uh, we kind of figured this was happening, you know. One guy that you didn't mention that I, I kind of really liked at this, I like Justin Coleman. Justin uh, Coleman, you know, yes. I like JC. He was the the slot corner. He was really, really integral part as far as Pete Carroll and their cover three system. He does some of the grinded, dirty work you didn't, you don't get to hear about because he does his job. So you don't hear about Justin Coleman, but you've seen certain plays. He had a pick six in, in, in I think, the playoff game. So he made key significant plays, and I'm excited for JC, man. He went to Detroit. Mm-hmm. He's a former Patriot guy, so he's back over there with Matt Patricia. With Matt, back in Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia over there in Detroit. So I was a big JC fan. And as far as Suiji, you know, he was gone last, uh, and then he came back because obviously the team went down to a bruiser, to a great, to a running style um, as far as a, a running with Brian Schottenheimer, straight pound, 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 obviously, which led to them being the number one rushing team right. in football. So it's going to be. It's going to be one of those That's guys. It's a tough one miss. to replace. It's, it's going to be a tough one to replace. But they actually picked up Mike um, Lopita. I'm not sure if you are most most people in the AFC, in I mean, NFC West, are familiar with Mike, the old time 49ers. He's a Cardinals OG. Uh, Lopita is a great, he's a former All Pro. Um, he was with the 49ers when they had, went to the, with Kaepernick when they went to the Super right, Bowl. Right. Now he's now with Arizona. So I think that's a good pick. 
I mean, actually, Pro Football Focus had him ranked higher than Sweezy and um, DJ Fluka as far as um, play last year. But, you know, he's an OG, so he had a couple of injuries. He's coming back from a major injury. He hasn't played many. You know, the last couple of seasons he has played uh, less than half the games. But when he do play, he's still productive. Hopefully uh, a veteran presence in there, too, uh, at protecting Russell Wilson, who, by the way, I want to get to here uh, talking about Russell Wilson because, uh, Guru, we were talking a little bit off the air here, and you have some theories going forward with Russell Wilson oh, that, uh, trying to get me in trouble, that I'm not particularly uh, <laughs> fond of hearing here. Uh, what, uh, why'd, you, uh, why'd you tell us a little bit about what you're seeing happening uh, with some of your sources on, on the Russell Wilson front, whose no, contract comes up in a few years? You no, know, nah, Russell Wilson's contract is coming up next year, man. Next year. Yeah, so it's kind of... It, the thing that always worried me... They got to sign him, right? Russell Wilson, uh, by the way, making less money now than Nick Foles. Uh, <laughs> think about that. I don't put no... I, like I said, I don't put no faith in that because it's when you when you come. Obviously. Every, so, so they're going to be... Week, every month is going to be a new highest pay. Backing up so. a dump truck for Russell Wilson is what we're going to see the Seahawks do, I right? Would, Just give him a blank say, check and say, put that. as many zeros as you need. But to be honest with you, I could see in a situation... I won't be surprised, to be honest with you, because Russell right now is going into a different stage as far as his career. You know, there's different levels of stage. He came in as an unknown. He has to prove himself. Right. You know? And so, he did. Which he did. And then he get, he did what, um, basically what the city didn't have, you know? He won the Super Bowl yeah. at a young age, you know? And then he went back to back. So he went back to the Super Bowl. So basically before he even became 30, he had all this accomplishment. So now the next thing is when you become that big, just like Brady did the same thing. You got to get like a supermodel, high-level partner. You know, Brady did the same. First you start with the... You know, somebody you come with to help you get to a certain level. And then when you hit a, make, uh, you know, it's a little tier level you hit. So Russell Wilson hit the Sierra level. Right. You have a blockbuster star. A Got himself star. a superstar, exactly. uh, pop star wife. So now you have the money, you have the fame, you have the fortune. So now what becomes more important is different. What's important for you and the family is totally different than what it used to be. At 24. Not to mention, she's got a career of her own. Absolutely. So that's why it's not far-fetched. It's not far-fetched because she could just look at him. Hey, Russell, what is your accomplishment to win the Super Bowl, right? Yes. You winning five, ten Super Bowls, is that really going to make a difference as far as your level of fame? Is that going to Fame, no, but it'll help your wallet. Uh, uh, no, your wallet is – trust me, Aaron Rodgers won how many Super Bowls? Hey, Rogers, uh, one, and Rogers, how many has he been what? to? Second best and he, and Exactly. So he don't need six Super He got more. His wallet is bigger than um, Brady's. But Brady's just got more ring. He can't put his hand in his wallet. Well, tell me. <laughs> Brady but tell me about, uh, about Russ going forward then. I think Russ, don't be surprised. if I won't say that. I, I, I think Russ is going to be looking at a big market. You think I think that's what is so missing you think, from his resume. You think I there's think, a possibility that Russell Wilson leaves Seattle in two years I now? I think there's a major possibility. Peter's getting older. We don't know how much longer Peter's going to continue coaching. And as far as the guys who he came with in this organization, as far as, you know, the culture, those guys, they're not really around no more. They're not going to be around no more. It's, it's the younger guys that Russell actually don't connect with now. It's different the type of guys you have on the team. When Russ came in, they were roughneck, third-round guys. They weren't knowing. It was different. <laughs> they were undrafted free agent. Now he's going to Brazil. Now he's this and that. He's a mega star. Now when you're a star, you're treated differently. So you can't relate to the younger players as much because you guys have totally different occupation, total different deeds and needs and wants. 
You have an off day, you have obligation, you got to go do interviews here, do an interview there, do a screen here, commercial there, Alaskan hairline here. Right, right. If you're a guy like it's a busy Shaquin side Griffin, job if you're Russell Wilson. Sure, Quinn Griffin, those other guys, B. Wagner, those guys, when they, they, it's a different situation. So I could see Russell Wilson with his wife. I could see them looking at a major market. Like where? Where do you think you, uh, Russell Wilson, we could see him in, uh, in two years? I mean, if you want to say where, I could see She's a pop New star. York City. That is a major market when it comes for media aspect, when it comes for entertainment. Because the Russell Wilson now is not a football player. Now he's an entertainer. He would have to be because he wouldn't be playing real football there in the Meadowlands. Uh, what does he need to prove? They're, they're not playing football in the Meadowlands right now. As long as right Russell now. Wilson gets to the playoff, just do what LeBron does, he's fine with that. <laughs> All right, so you know we're going to talk about this more as, uh, as, as we go through here, and especially as the contract I'm comes in. I'm just won't be surprised. I'm going to be surprised if he gets out of here. I, I think Russ is staying. I think they back up a dump truck full of money, and uh, and I think he uh, I think he makes his, his career here in the uh, Pacific Northwest. I hope so. Me too, because he's, uh, he's fun to watch. He is fun he's to a watch. Good player. All right, Guru, you can find him on uh, Instagram at Guru's Film Room and, uh, and every week on Trash Talk Radio with me. Guru, thanks for stopping by the wash. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We'll see you again. All right, before we get out of here, I got a couple more things I want to hit on here. We just want to uh, talk about the uh, the – Quick college baseball notes. UW Baseball hosts a showcase at T-Mobile Park. They only went one and two. Not what uh, actually hoping where the start would be for UW. Uh, they were on a seven-game win streak before that. They're now at nine and four on the season. So still a good start. Slow start to the season at Wazoo, though. They are at six and ten. And uh, and one more note here. Congratulations to the Seattle Thunderbirds, who clinched a wild card playoff berth in the WHL with a win this past week against the Everett Silvertips. Congratulations, Thunderbirds. Get yourself down to Kent. See yourself on Thunderbirds game. That is a good time. And get yourself prepped for the uh, for the grunge when they come in here. The, the, uh, the new NHL team, hashtag go grunge, and, uh, for when they get in. Uh, go watch yourself some hockey uh, down, at, uh, down in Kent. That's our show this week uh, on uh, on the Wash. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us anywhere you can find podcasts. We are on uh, we're on Apple, we're on Google, we're on Spotify, and of course we're on the YouTube page uh, at the World of Sports Network YouTube page. Head over onto YouTube, uh, search for World of Sports Network, and hit the subscribe button. You get on uh, the Wash, you get TTR, you get all the good stuff over there. Until next time. I'm Lestro for the whole gang here from Marku, uh, for the Guru. Remember, if it happens in Seattle sports, it comes out in the wash. Thanks.